So really think about, you know, when your kid is doing an activity where you don't have to be on, you don't have right. to supervise and be, you know, attentive, just plan, plan whatever it is that you want to do to make it feel like a mini, a mini break, a mini. Hey there, I'm Ani Michalski, wellness coach, therapist, and mom to half a dozen amazing kiddos. This podcast is for moms who desperately need a break, but refuse to take one. You know who you are. You have a jam-packed schedule and you're so busy doing everything for everyone else, you don't leave any time for you. What's up with that? Well, no more. Take off your superwoman cape and learn how to put yourself on your to-do list. This is the Moms Without Capes podcast. Hey, did you know that there's a Facebook group filled with Moms Without Capes? Women who are learning that it's safe to take off the superwoman cape and take care of themselves? There sure is, and we'd love to have you in the group. Moms Without Capes is a free community for moms who feel overwhelmed, stressed out, and exhausted from trying to do it all. Come discover who you are under that cape and give yourself permission to show yourself some love. Search Moms Without Capes when you're in Facebook or follow the link in the show notes of this podcast episode. See you there. Today on the Moms Without Capes podcast, we have Afsana Muradian. Welcome to the show, Afsana. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, I'm excited to get into this conversation. So Afsana is the author of the Jamie is Jamie picture book series, longtime educator and homeschooling coach that works with moms who are struggling with homeschooling their neurodiverse and high needs children. Afsana believes that open collaborative communication is key to creating respectful, validating spaces where both mother and child can thrive. On today's episode, Afsana and I will be chatting about homeschooling and how moms can practice self-care even when they choose to educate their children at home. So before we get into that, why don't you share about your journey and how you got to be where you are today, which we dove into a little bit before I hit record, but share with our listeners because you have a super interesting story. Sure. Well, uh, my life took lots of twists and turns once my child was born and the needs that they had, I, I never could have anticipated in a million years. And it set me off on a journey of being a children's book author and then homeschooling and then becoming a homeschooling coach. So, you know, it, it sort of started when um, my child was really little and couldn't see themselves in any of the picture books that we had. And then a few different times we would be in like restaurants with kid play areas and there'd be some boys with superheroes. My kid loved Spider-Man and superheroes and would say, oh, can I play with you? And the boys would say, no, this, this isn't for girls. These are for boys. And it happened more than once. And I was so like, I was, I was really angry. I mean, you can imagine, <laughs> I was furious. I'm like, you know, I grew up with free to be you and me. We're not supposed to have these gender stereotypes anymore. Everyone's supposed to be free to be themselves. And I then, you know, was so angry that I wrote, you know, the first Jamie book to give that space for kids to just play what they want to play and be free and be confident in who they are. So, and then that led to a few other books. And then similarly with um, homeschooling, it wasn't our plan to homeschool. I'm a longtime teacher, educator, professor of education. I'm certainly not against, you know, public schools and schooling. Yeah. And um, 
we just couldn't find um, a play-based preschool. All the preschools that we had um, access to were academic preschools. And it was just way too intense. It was way too much for my little three-year-old to handle. And it took so much for them to spend, you know, five hours being told what to do and how to do it with only, you know, 20 minutes of recess where dolls were put in their hands, you know, were encouraged to play house. And my kid was like, I'll be the chef. I don't want to play house. I want to do yeah. the cooking, you know. So um, when they came home, they were just really out of control. It was just like a totally different child. And I really had to decide, do I want this to be the relationship I have with my kid? Or do I want to just take over educating them myself and have the kind of relationship that I would like to have? And so that that kind of made the decision for me. So it's it's been quite um, a journey. And then like we were talking about, I spent a lot of time in Oaxaca, Mexico because of the sun and the nice weather and there's all kinds of awesome educational opportunities and then i go back to new york city where i'm from as much as i can so kind of so my child's grown up in between those two so we get to embrace world schooling when you know when possible and that sort of stuff so definitely i would never have guessed that i would be on this podcast talking about homeschooling and homeschool <laughs> coaching and picture book writing and all you know it's a lot of a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of us are on journeys because of what our kids need and we just want to give them the best and whatever, you know, they need to thrive. So, yeah, I love that you're, well, we just talked about this, but I love that you're doing this because you are able to one, like show your kids these two different cultures, right? Like down in Mexico versus New York city and being able to show like that you don't have to fit into a box. And you yourself have not fit into a box. Like you've been able to like break those barriers and say, let's live, like, let's live life according to our terms rather than trying to subscribe to the world's, like to a certain culture, yeah. a certain expectations or what the world says that you should be doing. Sure. Yeah. I grew up in a multicultural household, so yeah. I was never one thing. And sometimes I felt like I didn't really fit in anywhere necessarily. And sometimes I felt like, well, it doesn't matter. I'm just me and yeah. I'm doing my thing. And I had to just, you know, have some confidence in myself. <laughs> so <Yes. laughs> it wasn't, wasn't a problem. <laughs> so you, I, I don't know if you know this, but I actually homeschooled my kids um, for probably a period of 10 years. And it was very similar, like not, well, not very similar, but the fact that um, I decided like that, that was best for our family and continued like through the years, it's always been like each year, like, okay, well, are we going to homeschool this year? There was some years where some of our kids decided to go to school and others wanted to homeschool. So we really kind of catered to what our individual needs were or what our family's needs were each year after year until yeah. now all of our kids, well, some of our kids have graduated others. They're all in the ones that are still school aged are in like the traditional school, yeah. but we, there was a few years there that we were back and forth between homeschooling and not such a different, a different life. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and then when the, when COVID hit, that really took, we took a hit because um, it was so different like then homeschooling because homeschooling mm -hmm. was so much more child-led and interest-led and where it was like, okay, let's 
you know, whatever they were interested in. We kind of dove into those different subjects and it was much less structured. Whereas when COVID hit and we were doing remote learning, because at that point, all of our kids were in school and I struggled really bad because it was like according to someone else's schedule and I would be like what I'd have like three or four different kids in every different room on different zoom calls and the assignments and trying to keep up with everything I'm like this is so much harder than homeschooling because it wasn't (laughs) like it was just I I couldn't like the the pressure was like so much different and so much stronger that I'm like it was it was rough (laughs) like I don't know when people compared that to homeschooling I'm like no that was not even close to homeschooling like and so that's why I'm excited to have you on today because we I want to kind of convey that to moms who are considering homeschooling as another option who might like that as another option that because I've a lot of moms have come to me and said I'd want to homeschool you know but I'm just too I'm too scared. I don't feel confident enough. I don't feel like I can do it. That like that lack of confidence or feeling that they can do it really holds a lot of moms back from just trying it or just kind of dipping their toes in and seeing if it's something that would work for their family. Sure. And I think, um, you know, I always say, we are our kids' teachers. We're their first teachers. We're their most important teachers. We teach them everything from how to brush their teeth to putting their shoes on to, you know, hopefully communicating well. And they're whether or not we want to be teaching them, they're learning from us. They pick up all right. of our bad habits and <laughs> all right. the things we wish they wouldn't do. Yeah. <laughs> um, and those tend to be the things that we get the most angry at them about, you know, why don't you put your clothes away? And then they say, why don't you put your clothes away? Ah, I don't know. You know, yeah. so they're, they're always learning from us. So we really mm-hmm. are, you know, absolutely qualified to teach our kids. We love them more than any other person possibly could. But I think that that underconfidence and that sense of, well, I'm not a teacher, I'm not an expert, I think holds some parents back. I think it also leads other parents to think, oh, because I'm not an expert, I need to trust the experts and buy this expensive packaged curriculum and let other people decide what I'm teaching my child. And then that tends to kind of blow up in parents' faces sometimes because the kids don't Mm -hmm. wanna do those assignments. They're not really, they can't be custom tailored to your child's needs and interests, it's kind of impossible. So when you were talking about, you know, during the pandemic, I wrote a blog post at the beginning of the pandemic and I, you know, to basically say, okay, everyone's homeschooling now. Well, you can curl up on the couch with a really great book and read that out loud with your child Mm -hmm. and that's learning and that's homeschooling. And it can, it can be that connected and simple and fun. And it can also be, you know, more structured and, you know, the science experiments and all those kinds of things. But learning happens in so many different ways. And when our kids feel safe and loved and close to us, they're more willing to take risks and try challenging things. So the last thing that you want to do as a homeschooling parent is create school at home. Yes. 9 a.m. is math and stop, stop building that thing. It's time for, you know, whatever English class, right? Yeah. No, build that thing and tell me about it. And why don't you write a story about it? Or, Mm. you know, anything can turn into an incredible learning opportunity. So that, 
that's the kind of thing that I get to work with parents on because it's really hard when our schooling experience was one very structured way to have a different vision and see right. all the different creative possibilities. Right. And, you know, neurodiverse kids and high needs kids, they they really demand it because they won't begrudgingly do an assignment that they find no purpose to or is sure. just boring or tedious. They're going to yeah, really create- rebel against that. Right. It creates a lot of stress, like unnecessary stress when like that is how homeschooling is approached with that, that, that structure and like kind of just like taking what you know from happens at school and trying to translate that to the home. Like it's just creating that atmosphere that's not very conducive to learning for sure. Yeah. We know that there is power in building strong habits in your life, but sometimes making them stick can be the tricky part. Habits are at the core of creating a life where you feel fulfilled and able to be your best self. Learn how to transform your health, your life, and yourself by downloading my free guide, Building Strong Habits. The link to grab your guide is in the show notes of today's episode. So what do you find is like the hardest part about homeschooling? Well, I think, you know, what does it mean to to teach a five-year-old? What does it mean to teach a seven-year-old? What does it, you know, really understanding the development going on with your child at the same time as they're learning? And that that is a that is something to really you really have to be super clued in because your four-year-old is one person and then they turn five and they change. And then they turn 10 and they change again. (laughs) And if you don't know what's going on inside them, it's like, what happened to my, you know, my four-year-old got sarcasm. My five-year-old, I said, get out of here. And when my kid was five, they started crying. They said, I don't have any place to go. What what happened? (laughs) (laughs) Like there's no, there's, this is a different human being. So those changes keep happening. Those hormones keep raging and it all, you know, it all affects how they learn and what they want to learn and who they are. And, you know, having that close open communication becomes so important rather than that sense of, you know, there, there is so much stress and pressure involved with homeschooling and that feeling of I am responsible for my child's education. So, you know, being able to let them develop in their own way and be there to talk and support through it rather than feel like, well, I have to make sure that they are reading by the age of five or by the age of six. It's my job, so I have to be heavy-handed. I have to make them do it. I have to force this to happen. Otherwise, my six-year-old is not gonna be on grade level. So homeschooling is like, whoa, those rules don't apply. Those grade levels are arbitrary. Every kid develops differently and if you're really thinking about the what and the how and the who, then they learn beyond what they could have learned in school. Right. You know, with any with any limitations that, you know, may be put on them, with any triggers, experiencing the world differently, thinking about things differently, all just creates amazing, awesome learning opportunities. They're not actually impediments. So it's really saying like whoever this child is is right for them. Mm-hmm. And we as the adults have to do the adjusting. And that that is, I mean, I, I don't want to make it sound simplistic. That's really hard to do, especially when you haven't had that kind of education yourself. So mm-hmm. that's why, you know, parents contact me as a homeschooling yeah. coach to help them help them through that process and make those adjustments and sure. 
kind of, it sounds like you really got to give yourself permission to just relax and, and trust yourself like that, that it's okay. You know, it's moving forward. It's, you know, parents don't believe me, but homeschooling is supposed to be fun for us too. Yeah. I have never learned as much like in school. I I would always joke, like, I'm like, I didn't even realize like what the revolutionary war was about until I started homeschooling and like reading it and like learning it with my kids and like doing different projects. And I was like, this could actually be fun. Like it was fun, like doing different projects and stuff. I'm like, I wish I was homeschooled. (laughs) Exactly. And that's definitely, you know, it's really about putting the responsibility of learning on the child, Mm -hmm. which is also a tough thing if you're sticking to a package curriculum, because that tends to be very like read this and answer these questions and very like comprehension based. Mm -hmm. And it's so different when it's, you know, you're learning something and then you make a project and the child has to prove that they've learned by applying that yeah. to a whole new situation through something mm-hmm. that they've created. And it's really, it's fun. Like, I don't have to have it all figured out. I had like mm-hmm. a project idea for, we were doing geography and um, I think we were looking at China. This was a couple of years ago. And I thought, oh, we could take some modeling clay or some Play-Doh and my kid could just do, you know, some kind of model of, you know, mm. river and some mountains. And, and my child said, no, I want to write a song. And then wrote a song <laughs> about like, the rivers and land formations of China. I said, okay, you know, I'm yeah. not going to say no. Like, right, right. <laughs> I wouldn't have thought of that, but that's a lot harder than what, I, and it mm. tends to be that. My, my child's ideas tend to be far more complex and challenging than, what I thought of, I thought, right. you know, oh, this could be fun and easy and simple and they'll want to do it. And I said, no, 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 it has to be super complicated and take two more days. And, you know, but that's, that's, I feel like what homeschooling allows yeah, you to allowed, do. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So let's talk about being able to like, let's talk about self-care. And do you find with homeschooling like how do you how do you make time for yourself or what do you like to do for fun aside from homeschooling what else do you like to do for fun or what do you do to to kind of make sure that you are staying your your proverbial cup right days full it's such an important question i you know to be totally honest i was a superhero mom for years and i thought that i had to be i thought that that's what it meant i chose to be a mom so i am going to be one of those superheroes and forget about myself and and then I, I couldn't keep doing that. I think I did that for about six years. And then I, I couldn't, I was so, (laughs) so unhappy. I was so genuinely unhappy Mm -hmm. and I gained like 30 pounds in the process. And I just had Mm -hmm. no time for my health, my, anything about me. So I had to work really hard to establish those boundaries with my family and make sure that I could exist as a person not just, you know, the mom that's always here for you to meet every need every second. And I I still try to do that as much as possible, but my kid has to meet their own needs sometimes too, you know, to give and take. So for for self-care, I really have to like squeeze it in, you know, homeschooling and being a coach. I don't have a ton of time. So I I take a lot of joy from, you know, an iced matcha latte, to be honest, like Mm. drinking that it's like joy in a cup for me. Sometimes it's my will to live depending on how the day is going. But I really love, you know, just to have that sometimes maybe a little treat, you know, I love like dates with crushed almonds in it and just to sit and have this like sweet thing 
and then my insane amount of caffeine and you know, green tea powder because <laughs> it's I think it's like three times the caffeine as espresso you know I, I really <laughs> I didn't realize that that's funny in the matcha is that in matcha yeah it's supposed I to be like so I didn't know that either. So I was actually, you know, letting my kid have some. And then someone at a cafe was like, <laughs> you know, yeah, like, did you know? Because I'm like, oh, it's green tea. It's healthy. That's and my father that. actually turned me on to it. I hadn't, I didn't even know about it. And then I was, I was ordering one for my child. And the, the guy at the cafe said, did you know that this has three times the amount of caffeine as one shot of espresso? And I said, no wonder my kid won't wow. sleep. No wonder. So. I did not know my eight-year-old like loves matcha tea. That's like her Starbucks right. tea too. <laughs> it's a tonic. <laughs> that's funny. I, yeah, that's what I assumed. Like, oh, it's tea, like green tea. Yeah, right. that that's good for her. Like <laughs> Yeah. No, it's 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 you know altered huh. and it's we could probably do a whole, you know, yeah. science unit on why does it have so much more caffeine. Right. And maybe it's even added caffeine. I don't <laughs> I don't know what you know Starbucks does. But I love it. <laughs> it makes me happy. <laughs> So that's, that's really, you know, if I can get my hands on a great book, I, I love that. And I, I really take a lot of, you know, my self-care is when I can steal away to watch something, I really love to watch very happy things like romantic comedies where nothing bad happens to mm -hmm. anyone. And there's a misunderstanding that he, he hasn't changed his lifestyle. He's going to go back and get the job in the big city. And she's so upset that she won't talk to him. And then mm. she was wrong. And, you know, they make up and they live happily ever. I, I need just absolute, you know, no drama, no complications. I need to see super happy things. I have enough to figure out in my own life. And, um, you know, so my that's my self-care is like matcha you know, a date or two. And I mean, it sounds so silly, but it's really whatever, yeah. whatever you can do to get that deep breath, to have that break, to close out the rest of the world, forget about your family for a few minutes and feel like a person again. Yeah. So yeah. Feel alive. Feel alive. So speak like to be able to make that time for yourself, how do you suppose like boundaries, like creating those boundaries and setting those healthy boundaries, how are they different as a homeschooling mom versus not a homeschooling mom? Like, how do, how do you see it? Cause you've only ever been a homeschooling mom, right? Like yeah, when you're, we had one year of school. Yeah. Okay. So, so when I mean, your I, child was right. three, right. You said at right, three, right. that was it. And so how do you, how do you suppose that yours, you keeping boundaries to be able to make that time for yourself? is harder um, or easier yeah. or different than I I think it depends on what kind of support you have. I think it depends if you have a partner or not and if you can you know what your schedule what scheduling can look like. Who works yeah. from home, who doesn't, you know, who can you know, can you parent in shifts? Can you have some yeah. time while someone else takes the kid to class? So my general advice is you know, when we think about homeschooling and the immediate objection is, but what about socialization? You know, right, right. And we know, <laughs> ha ha ha. But <laughs> it does mean ideally that your child is involved in some activities, soccer, some art, some, you know, something with some other kids. So while your child is being supervised by a different adult, that has to be your time. And whatever that means, if that means you go sit in the car, and you know drink your favorite drink and read you know look at video whatever whatever it is you you know take that time and make that your time if that's your time to talk to other adults 
So you mm -hmm. want to talk to the other parents. So really think about, you know, when your kid is doing an activity where you don't have to be on, you don't have right. to supervise and be, you know, attentive, just plan, plan whatever it is that you want to do to make it feel like a mini, a mini break, a mini vacation. Yeah. That's yeah. the hard part. We don't, you know, it's a job, but we don't get bathroom breaks. We don't get a lunch break. We don't get, right. <laughs> we don't right. get breaks. So take those, those activities, you know, if you're at the playground and your kid's old enough to go off and play and you're just there for whenever there's a boob, you know, whenever they're bleeding right. and they come running to you. Right. So then take that time with your book, with whatever, you know, if you want to yeah. watch, you want to watch Netflix on your phone, like there's no judgment, whatever you need to do. Right. To feel, right. You know, come. Yeah. That's my advice. Okay. Yeah, no, that's awesome. That's awesome advice. If you're a mom who feels like you're close to burning out, you're not alone. It can be difficult to make time for yourself when you're constantly taking care of others. But self-care is essential to avoiding mom burnout. That's why I created Self-Care 101, a course specifically for moms. In it, I walk you through the five pillars of self-care and help you make time for activities that will recharge and refuel you. Enroll today to learn what fills your cup and to give your family the gift of a mom who is operating with a cup that overflows. Check the show notes of this episode for the link to enroll today. So what is a book? We've already covered the what you do for self-care. So what is a book that has greatly impacted your life or that you can recommend? to our listeners. I feel like as, you know, women who grow up and then become moms, I feel, you know, one of the most important books I think I ever read is called Reviving Ophelia. And it's been around for a really long time, mm -hmm. but it was, I read it in my twenties and it gave me this enormous perspective about what it means to be a girl and then a, a teenage girl and then like, you know, becoming yeah. an adult yeah. and it's really tough and it's only tougher. So whether or not we have daughters, I think it's a really important read to just go back and think about our own experiences and be able to correct some of the things that seem so normal, but probably weren't. And a lot of the harm that we, you know, experienced or just from living in a society with these expectations on what it means to be a girl and a teenage girl and look a certain way and act a certain way. It, it really makes you open your eyes and re-examine a whole lot of how, how you know, you functioned in the world as a teenager in your 20s and maybe even now. So I, I really feel like that was one of the most, I mean, I read it so long ago and I still carry it with me um, yeah. to this day. Yeah. That's why I asked that question, because I know I see the bookshelf behind you. So I know that you're an avid reader. <laughs> yeah, I and when I ask that question of guests, it's always the hardest question. They're all like, there's so many, like, it's hard to choose just one out of all of the books. <laughs> yeah, but that I, I feel like reviving Ophelia should be required reading for, you know, every maybe not while you're a teenager, but when you're yeah. like coming out of it, you know, like mm. early 20s. And I think absolutely, if you're raising, a, you know, a girl, a, you know, a female yeah. representing human being. It's really, there's so much pressure and mm -hmm. there's so many ways of, of thinking. And I, I wish that I could get back the time that I wasted wondering if that boy had a crush on me, you know, if that boy liked right. me too. And right. all those hours of conversation yes. is such a waste of time. <laughs> so, like, I, I, I want that time back. You know? Yeah, but what you don't so, know, you don't know. <laughs> <laughs> 
So where can listeners find you? I am so easily accessible on Instagram. You can send me a DM and I will read it and answer it. Um, on my website, I have 30 minute free consultation calls. I'd love to, I'll drink a matcha, you drink whatever drink you want, we can chat. And um, I, on the Facebook page, MLC Homeschool Coaching. So, you know, I'm, I'm very, very easy to find. And I love, as you could, I love to talk. So I wanna hear everything going on with you. I wanna hear all your challenges, all your doubts. And I'm here to support you and, you know, and whatever you need. Awesome. So you can go ahead and find all of Asana's links on the show notes of today's episodes or in the comment section. Thank you so much for coming on and being our guest. Thanks for having me. Today's episode is sponsored by the Supermom Detox, an incredible coaching program designed to help moms take off their supermom cape and feel comfortable in their own skin. Have you felt like you've lost yourself since becoming a mom because you got caught up in the idea that you have to take care of everyone and everything else and sacrifice who you are to be the kind of mom you want to be? The Supermom Detox will guide you in rediscovering who you are and getting yourself off the back burner and onto solid ground. This amazing program will teach you how to let go of perfectionism, people-pleasing, unrealistic expectations, unhealthy boundaries, and negative thought patterns that are keeping you stuck. Motherhood can be so much more enjoyable when you learn to take care of yourself the way you deserve. Stop feeling guilty or bad about making time for yourself. You are so worthy of taking up space. Find out more about the Supermoms Detox by clicking the link in today's show notes and signing up for a call with me. If nothing else, you'll get clear on what's keeping you on the back burner. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Moms Without Caves podcast. I'm always up to hearing your ideas for future episodes, so send me a DM and let me know. And if you enjoyed today's episode, it would be awesome if you'd leave me a positive review wherever you're listening to podcasts these days. Until next time, take care of you. You are worth it.